1: Your travel insurance
0: and prepare for takeoff.
1: Hello, fellow travelers.
0: Hey, squaddies.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we are taking you to one of America's newest national parks. Gateway Arch National Park, located in St. Louis, Missouri.
2: Missouri. So Gateway Arch National Park just became a national park back in 2018. Jamal and I visited in July of 2021, and we actually made it from a day trip while we were in Chicago. And so I'm going to say something a little controversial, but I don't think Gateway Arch deserves to be a national park. I think that it should have remained a national monument. But since it was deemed a national park, we had to add it on our list because we have a bucket list to go and visit all of the national parks in the US.
1: I don't disagree with your sentiment, Brittany, that it should remain a national monument because I think one of our newest national parks too, I feel like they're just giving them out now and I feel like taking away from the prestige of some of the other national parks and they should remain monuments. But in a way, I'm kind of glad that they actually did because it gave us an excuse to go and even though we say it shouldn't be a national park, It is still well worth the visit. And Mm -hmm. if they hadn't actually named it one, I don't think we would have ever gone. So I'm glad for it in that sense. Really, really cool spot, St. Louis Arch.
0: Okay, I'm going to go into this episode with an open mind since I wasn't on this trip with you. But I would really like to talk to the person that deemed this a national park and know what was it? Like what is under the earth there? Or I'm watching this new show, Outer Range, on it's on Amazon Prime. Like, maybe there's some kind of like big black hole in this area. There's something <laughs> there they're not telling us.
1: <laughs> maybe, but you know, it's not one person from my understanding to be a national park. Obviously, someone has to suggest it, then it goes to Congress. They have to deem, obviously. The appropriateness of it. And I think a lot of it nowadays, unfortunately, is coming down to money and funding, right? It's going to get a lot more funding and money if it has that title versus just National Monument Mm -hmm. or a National Forest or something like that. But uh, who knows? There could be something there. I mean, they built a big arch there. Maybe it's a gateway portal, Mm -hmm. Kim. You might be on to something. Might be on to something.
0: I've been to St. Louis once a long time ago in the winter and I didn't. I was visiting someone that was stationed out there, so I didn't really get to like explore St. Louis, but if I ever do make it back there, I would come and visit. I don't know if I would make a trip just for that, but I would certainly stop in if I was in the
1: area. But you saw the arch, you just didn't go to it? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. So you flew in and then just kind of like bypassed downtown and went wherever around in that area?
0: And maybe I saw it and I just didn't realize it at the time. It definitely wasn't a national park at that time when I went.
2: Well, Jamal told me this, that the Gateway Arch is the gateway to the West. And so the arch reflects St. Louis's role in the westward
0: expansion of the United States. So Jamal has taught me a lot about this. Which is always something I think is funny when they talk about the West or the Midwest, and it's like
1: East. (laughs) Well, if you think about it from that perspective, Kim, I mean, that's a good point. You're right. I mean, it is the East, but it is the West because really... A lot of United States expansion didn't really exist past the Mississippi River. So St. Louis is on the Mississippi. The St. Louis Arch is right along the Mississippi River. So it runs north to south, and it was a main through fare to move goods. But that was really the extent of it. So anything beyond that was the West, right? You know, back in the 1800s and things like that. And so because St. Louis was along the river, even though that river, the Mississippi doesn't go West, that was the gateway point to the West and where everyone really got supplies and did things. So the arch was created as a memory and monument to the fact of this city's historical significance in the United States expansion Mm -hmm. out West to settle it. All right, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, squaddies. Let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you.
1: We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian Island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone.
2: These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you, so all you have to do
0: is download, book, show up, and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one, and believe it or not, so much more.
1: Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today.
2: So, as always, we're going to start with the tips. Coming in hot with one is to buy your tickets online in advance. And why would you want to do that? Because, you know, some people think it's just an arch. What else do you do there? But there are actually other things to do. There's a museum. There is a documentary. There's a tram ride that takes you to the top of the arch. There's a riverboat cruise. And if you want to buy, those things can sell out. And so you're going to want to buy them online in advance and not just show
0: up and buy them. And you have to buy a ticket for each one of those things.
2: Or you can buy a combo ticket, which is what we did. We're like, you know what? We're probably never going to come back here to do this. So we're just going to buy a combo ticket and see everything. And it wasn't that expensive. It was like $40 per person.
1: Right. Because basically, and this is one of the things, I didn't even realize it either. I didn't realize that under the arch, maybe the portal is there, Kim, but just a little (laughs) bit below is actually a museum. And when you're in there, they talk about the history of you know, St. Louis, the surrounding area, how the arch became, what it is how they designed it how they built it there's like a little movie that you can watch like 15-20 minutes talking about them building it how it almost didn't fit when they put in the final piece and things like that so there is a museum under there not included with the museum you can take the tram all the way to the top and you have the windows looking out from the center all the way out And you know, you could see into Illinois if you're looking to the east over the Mississippi. And if you're looking to the west, you're obviously looking at downtown St. Louis then at that point, and then you have the river barge ride on the Mississippi. So lots of cool stuff to do in the area. And, you know, Brittany is right because there's limited capacity and only so many people can go up the arch or so many ferries a day on the, the river barge. You need to get those tickets.
2: Yeah. And if you plan them in advance, each thing takes a certain amount of time. So if you go and you don't reserve those things, the riverboat tour, the only one left is the same time as a tram. So you have to plan it strategically so that you're doing each thing at different times. So spring and summer are the busiest seasons, so keep that in mind. We did go in July. We did go July in COVID, and everything pretty much needed a ticket entry, so it didn't feel super, super busy, but there were definitely people there, and one thing I wasn't expecting is it's probably the only national park where I've had to go through security to enter. Mm, Cavity search?
1: Not that thorough. I mean, some of us (laughs) could wish, right? But no, it definitely wasn't that thorough. You got to go through the metal detectors, obviously, place your baggage through there like x-rays it felt like a on. well i mean if you think about it it's like a building and it's a federal building if you go into any federal building in that sense right you mean you go through security even the courthouse here in san diego mm-hmm. you have security but and
2: it's all underground too like you mm-hmm. just from the top you only see the arch but you're going down escalators underneath it to go Weird. into the museum and watch the documentary and all of that and to enter the tram
1: Another good tip to just keep in mind, obviously you only need one day to explore, quite honestly, only half a day to really do the arch. Obviously, I'm not saying that for all of St. Louis as a whole, but the arch in particular, you know only need a half day to really go ahead and experience all of it and do it.
2: And unlike not other national parks, where most of the time you have a free place to park, once you buy your ticket and enter, there is no free parking for this national park. So I actually ended up doing some, online searching for parking to find the best rates you just put it in your phone parking near gateway arch and apps or sites like spot hero or ParkWiz will pop up you can look for hourly parking you'll put in like the time you think you'll get there the time you think you'll leave and then it'll pull up different
0: rates and how far it is of a distance from gateway arch in order to park near gateway arch like what was the closest or what was the farthest you can expect
2: I want to say the closest we found was about a quarter of a mile. So I did see other ones that were like up to a mile away. Just walk to the arch.
1: And the final tip to keep in mind about Gateway Arch is that they have a pricing system based off of the season. They have a value standard and peak pricing. So it's obviously going to be cheaper on the weekdays. But if you go during peak season, you know, sometime during the summer where there's family vacations, et cetera, can expect that. So just kind of before you go, really do your research online and see where that is. But do keep in mind different prices depending on when it is that you go.
2: Yeah, and like I mentioned, we went during peak season. We went midsummer, July, and we did the see everything combo, which was like the documentary, the museum, the St. Louis Riverboat cruise and a tram ride to the top. It was about $40 per person. With that being said, if you are looking forward to going on the riverboat cruise on the Mississippi, I know it does shut down in the winter months because in St. Louis, the winters are pretty treacherous at times. And so they do shut down probably because the river freezes over. So just keep that in mind as you do your research.
1: Yeah. So some of the things to do inside the museum itself, like Brittany said, is going to be the documentary. I highly recommend it. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it's the most advanced like footage or crazy thing blockbuster you've ever (laughs) seen. You're right. But it is very, very informative and interesting to talk about how the Gateway Arch 1 was designed and constructed itself. So it goes talking about who the architect was who designed it, how they had a nationwide competition in the 1940s to really design it and come up with something. And obviously, i if I'm pronouncing his name right, the architect's name was like Erosurian or something to that effect. I'm definitely mispronouncing it. But he came up with the design. Construction didn't even start until the 1960s took a couple of years to build, built for like $15 million, which in hindsight, if you think that's actually kind of cheap for it, but back in the day, you know, pretty expensive, but it really talks about how they had difficulties building it and the challenges. And it's it's just crazy to see how they actually did it. And that video goes into the details and actually shows true footage of the construction and the difficulties that they had.
2: How long is the video? maybe 20 minutes or so, not super long. Okay. And, you know, they were looking for a timeless design, something that's also going to withstand earthquakes and high winds. And so the foundation of the arch is actually 60 feet below ground. And that's so that it really anchors it to the ground and it can withstand the earthquakes and the high winds. And it actually does sway a little bit in high winds. And it's built to sway up to 18 inches in either direction. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a lot. And I think they even show like some of the gaps between sections because the heat will definitely cause like expansion and the cold contraction or like vice versa. So, I mean, there's really a lot of technicality into the design too, because then, you know, if it can't expand, and shrink then it's just going to create one solid block which will be more likely to crack right so really cool information on the the design of it
2: so how many feet tall do you think it is kim i'm gonna say
0: 1300
2: about half of that it's like 630 feet high and how wide do you think it is like from one base to the other 800 it's actually the same length 650 feet interesting yeah, so lots of facts that we learned while we were at Gateway Arch. So I believe the documentary is the first thing that we did. And then after that, we went and we did the one hour ride on the St. Louis Riverbrook cruise.
1: Yeah, and this was actually really cool. I mean, I'm not going to lie, you know, once you leave the area in front of the arch for it, like we said earlier, I mean, the Mississippi really is a river highway, if you think about it from that perspective. So there's not a lot of scenic beauty on it once you get past the portion of the cruise that's in front of the arch and the downtown. But it's really cool because it puts you on like one of these old steamboats and you kind of get to relive the past of like literally the river being the highway in that sense of things. So it's really cool. And who, when can you say that you've taken a cruise along the, the Mississippi River?
0: Important question here, were there drinks on the boat?
1: there were drinks on the boat for purchase as a matter of fact but there were drinks and the drinks were had kim i could tell you i was just gonna
0: say did
2: you get a drink we (laughs) did (laughs) yes and then after we did the riverboat cruise that was about an hour we went back inside the arch and we took the tram ride to the top and I really liked this because I just thought you know we're going to get in line and we're just going to go to the top and that was it but it was actually a really interactive pre-boarding experience it had a lot of 60s inspired animation and like gateway arch trivia and then you finally get to where you're going to get into the capsule and when you first get into the gateway arch museum they actually have like a sample capsule so you can see what it looks like and how many seats it fits pretty tiny. There's five chairs, but I wouldn't say five people would fit in there comfortably. And because of COVID though, they weren't filling them to max capacity. They were only doing your party. So Jamal and I got to ride in our own capsule together. And so you are then transported 650 feet, but it's not straight because it's an arch. So it's almost like you're doing steps in this tram as you go up. And Jamal, when the door closed, he was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be super claustrophobic. But there's actually a window and you can see like the inner mechanics of what it looks like within the arch.
1: Yeah, that was actually a big sigh of relief for me. So, I mean, obviously, I saw the capsule when we had gotten into the museum area because they have it like right up front. Brittany's dad's girlfriend told us about the tram that goes to the top because she's actually done it before i literally felt like i was stepping into a space capsule like it's tiny you got to go through this little small door Door, really crunch your way through and you know i don't mind heights i don't mind a lot of stuff but i feel like i can get claustrophobic so when it had that window i was so stoked because it took that sense away for me but beyond that it was really cool to see the inside i mean everyone knows what the outside looks like right but to see the inside and the inner mechanics like britney said Really, really cool to check that out. And then you could even see the stairs. Like if there's an emergency, the part where they have stairs to go down. And I mean, I can't even imagine taking the stairs all the way to the top. I think that'd actually be kind of cool.
2: (laughs) So when you get out at the very top, you're at the top of the arch and you can actually feel that curve at the top. And then there are two windows, Well, maybe more than they're like two long windows, one on each side. And then you can look out and from one side, you can see the St. Louis skyline. And then on the other side, you're going to see across the Mississippi River
1: right back into Illinois. Like I said, that's the dividing line right there. So it's a lot cooler to look into the Missouri and St. Louis skyline side. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. But how many minutes they give us like five at top before they moved us?
2: I feel like it was a little more like maybe 10.
1: I feel like 10 might be pushing it, but point being they gave you enough time, but also not a lot of time if I'm being completely honest, but it was cool to be up there, really see it. And then, you know, you, you take your way down and you really got to a lot about like 45 to 60 minutes for the whole tram experience to the top and down because like Brittany said before you even get into little capsules and the trams there is this interactive experience beforehand that's even separate from uh, the museum that you go through
2: and so when we were done with riding the tram we had the whole museum that we explored the museum like we said is underground and there were six pretty large exhibits that we could go through
1: yeah, a lot of them obviously paying homage or homage. How do you even say that? I say homage. Is it homage? I think,
0: I think homage. homage.
1: Paying homage (laughs) to, you know, all things really, you know, St. Louis. I mean, you go through an area where it talks about colonial St. Louis, and then obviously President Jefferson's, like, vision of what the Americas should be then really at that point. Because quite honestly, he funded the expedition of Lewis and Clark to check out the West. Where did they leave from? They left from St. Louis. Again, it all plays into that history. And, you know, those are just a couple of the main exhibit areas. What were the other ones, Brittany?
2: Well, there was one called New Frontiers. And we got to see how people settled and lived in the West and how St. Louis began as the center of a tradeway on waterways, like Jamal had mentioned, and then transferred into like a manufacturing city. And so they started to set up like railroads to send the goods West. And then that started to create more cities and more people being interactive in like the trade culture as well.
1: I mean, it was really interesting to see. I mean, there's more uh, exhibits and sections. We're not necessarily going to go over all of them here. One of them in particular I found interesting because, you know, I was a history major, so I always love this history stuff. You know, Kim, how ancient ruins get you going? History gets me going. Not that ancient ruins aren't history, but like (laughs) the knowledge itself sometimes. And they had a section of manifest destiny. And I remember always learning about this term, and specifically, it is in American history. Do you know what that means? Any one of you ladies? Manifest destiny?
0: Something you think is going to happen happens because you've
1: thought it. I could see how you think that because we want to manifest things, right? No, but manifest destiny in terms of like American history means and is the whole thought process and rationale of why we expanded West. It was that it was God's given right that... America as a nation will be from the Atlantic to the Pacific and not just like we would do it like it was ordained by God. And that Ah. was the whole thought process behind it and why we expanded West. Beyond resources and other stuff, but yeah. So they had a whole section within the museum, you know, talking about that. And again, you could see everything really ties into the history that St. Louis as a city has to the westward expansion of the U.S.
2: Yeah, there are other exhibits were called like the Riverfront Era and Building the Dream. So all of the exhibits were really awesome to see beyond the museum it's a pretty large area underneath the arch. There is a place to get food. You know, there are. Um, there's a gift shop, and so there's definitely a lot to see and do in the area. So you could definitely fill your half day there.
1: You know what they didn't have as a food option down there? And you know how I say when we talk about breakfast buffets that you know I judge it by if there's a waffle maker. I'm starting to judge food courts by if there's something. Do you ladies want to take a guess on what that is? Corn dog. It's gonna be a panda express. Ew! Yeah. What's really? up with the negative attitude, ladies? <laughs> like that's what you're looking really? for.
0: Really judging because they oh. don't have a panda. Okay, express. I have one. Same thing. Food courts, like mall food courts. You mean Sabaro?
1: Sabaro. That's mm. what you look for. Yes. Well, I don't think there was a Sabaro down here either. So we Fake need to. ZD? So we need to. Mm. We need to write the National Park Service and let them know. That they need to step up the food game in there. They had, I mean, they had good stuff like in terms of like mom and pop, but
0: if it's better than the pizza, at Kings Canyon National Park.
1: Well, we did. We didn't <laughs> eat what they had down there, but I could tell you, rest assured, anything that they had down there was better than the pizza <laughs> that we had at Kings Canyon National Park. Sorry for that little uh, side tangent. I'm just uh, gonna go out and say it. I'm on a panda kick right now. If you guys can't tell,
2: Jamal, I can't. Fully remember, but refresh my memory. Someone tried to jump from the arch, like base jump.
1: Oh, yeah. So I don't really remember what that was. I don't know if he went to the top and somehow. No, I think what happened was somebody had skydived with the attempt to land on the arch. And he landed on the arch, but his chute got tangled and he fell. And obviously the way it tangled and fell, it didn't reopen to catch the air to prevent his fall. So that's the only person. I don't know how he would have gotten on top without originally skydiving first to have that fall from jumping from the top. Somebody landed and fell and perished, unfortunately. But I think they were attempting to do a a stunt.
2: And his wife was on the grass area trying to film it. Oh, wow. When he...
0: Fell to his death. Unnecessary.
1: I know. Well, he, he was trying to make a famous video before YouTube or something like that. It, it's sad, and they were talked about it a couple of times. I'm actually glad you brought it back up because it reminded me of that. I forgot. I think they were saying that's one of the, like the more you know recent deaths and things that people have tried to do because of the St. Louis Arch's stature, and so he tried to do something there, and you know it didn't work out for him, unfortunately. Mm.
0: All right, well, it's ready for questions of the week. Ryan is asking, what else is there to do on a trip to St. Louis?
1: Any recommendations, Kim? You were the one who said you went out to St. Louis, because quite honestly, Brittany and I came to really just go to the Arch from a trip in Chicago, so we invested the four-hour drive to do it. So, Uh,
0: You know, I went there in February, like, 2009 and it was snowing. So I would say play in the snow would be something,
1: (laughs) you know, quite honestly, you know, you ask a question that I don't know if any of us know the answer to. I did do a little bit of research because I didn't want to just give you an I don't know. Two things, you know, really came up. Obviously, number one is going to be the St. Louis Arch. That's why we're having an episode. It's famous. It's now a national park. But one of them is the Lone Elk Park Reserve, which is just outside the city, very, very close to it. So not really far at all. But it is a forested area where they have like an elk and bison preserve. And I don't think they're natural to the area. They just have them like, you know, within the park and everything. So you can go in there, do strolls come across that. That'd be really cool. And then And I did also hear and see that they have an amazing botanical gardens. One of the oldest and first botanical gardens in the United States, the Missouri botanical gardens are in St. Louis and definitely worth a checkout based off of other things that I've seen. So when I go back to St. Louis, I want to do those and also throw in a game at Bush stadium and go to a Cardinals game. Not that I'm a Cardinals fan, but I love to just go to different city ballparks.
0: St. Louis barbecue.
1: Oh, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. We didn't do barbecue.
0: We did do barbecue.
1: That's right. Actually, you know, I thought we didn't. We did do barbecue, but I uh, left it off because at least where we went wasn't noteworthy, I guess, if I have forgotten the <laughs> fact that we went there.
0: I think breweries are pretty big out there, too, like good food and drinks.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Budweiser was actually founded in St. Louis.
1: Oh, fun fact. Yeah. Well, that's why the stadium's called Bush Stadium, you know, like Budweiser, like Bush beer, you know, it's all under the same brand, Anheuser-Busch.
2: Yeah. You can visit the Budweiser Clydesdales
0: while you're there and sample some premium brands next question is coming from april from austin and she's asking you mentioned you were all hosting weekend trips soon can you share the info with us good question we have mentioned this a couple times on our instagram and on previous episodes and something we're in the early stages of planning right now we've been kind of playing with different ideas of doing something different because you know we love gate one we love their international trips they really hook it up with like great hotels, the transportation, the breakfast buffet. I was going to say great
1: food all around where they take you for the food in the hotels and around town and mm-hmm. the, oh, You yeah. get
0: to see things that you wouldn't see if you went to that place already. And you know, in the past we've had on here and now travel and they specifically target people under 35 and they do really cool trips like that too. So we've been kind of thinking like, what could we do that's a little different that our listeners would really like. And we've been playing with the idea of doing weekend trips where there's some element of nature involved, whether that's hot springs or really cool hikes that are kind of lesser known and you know there will be breakfast buffets involved. Breakfast
1: buffet. How can we take you guys to a place and stay the night and not have a breakfast buffet when we talk all about the breakfast buffets? You know we're gonna find you a bomb one.
0: Oh hell yeah. So we're still planning these things out right now, but we are going to start opening up a list of people that are interested so that we can see how many people to start with. They'll definitely be small groups to start and two locations we've kind of been playing around with. One is Palm Springs where there's this amazing ladder canyon hike out there that there's no phone service. And I feel like it does not get like any attention. And it's really epic. There's also Idaho with some really amazing hot springs and Mm -hmm. playing in the snow and that kind of thing. And there's a few other places that we have in mind that we're kind of going back and forth on. So it's actually a really great question. And and we'd love to hear from you all to see if you are interested, if you have like a particular place we've talked about that you really want to go or any recommendation maybe we haven't talked about. We'd love to hear from you too. Anything to add?
1: I think you summed it up pretty well. I mean, still in the early stages, have lots of ideas, but really obviously... We would be doing these for you. So we really want your feedback. So just hit us up on our Gmail account, send us an email or DM us on either Instagram or now TikTok and, you know, give us your feedback on that, what you would like and where you would want to go. And if you'd be interested, and maybe we're going to pick a couple of you to be on that inauguratory trip.
0: You know, we're going to have a waffle maker for Jamal. We got to have a waffle maker. <laughs> we got to have
1: a waffle maker. We'll maybe skip the panda for some people on the, on the <laughs> stop later. So no worries on on that
0: all right squaddies thank you so much for tuning into our episode this week keep your adventures going with us by following us on instagram tiktok and youtube at travel squad podcast and send us in your questions of the week
1: if you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just playing funny please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too and as always please subscribe rate and review our podcast and tune in every travel tuesday for new episodes
2: Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, squaddies.